I'm Brittany Washington, and I'm on the women's basketball team. I'm Michaela Martini, I'm a sophomore, also on the women's basketball team. In the summer of 2014, we first heard about Destiny Rescue while sitting around a long wooden table filled with bracelets, necklaces, and earrings. We didn't know at the time, but we would soon learn that every piece of jewelry sitting on that table was made handcrafted by a child that had been rescued from sex trafficking. It created a stirring in our hearts to want to do more, to be a voice for those children. For the past three years, we had the opportunity of partnering with Destiny Rescue to help raise awareness for those children, as well as raise funds in order to help rescue them. Our team has witnessed God work in tremendous ways. Um, three years ago, we prayed as a team to be able to rescue just one child, and God has surpassed all of our expectations, and in my time here, we've been able to rescue not only one, but six children. The amazing part about it is God hasn't stopped there. Through continued prayer and faithfulness to God's calling, he has opened the door for us to be able to expand the borders of our mission and to raise more awareness and to rescue more children. Though this year is our third year having a Destiny Rescue game, this is the first year where every game played across the conference tonight in the Crossroads League will also be a Destiny Rescue game. So we want to ask you to join us in supporting Destiny Rescue. We have a game this evening at 7 in Lucky Arena. We play against Goshen College. So not only is it a really exciting game for us because it's a conference game, but it's also a game where we are playing for something that's more than ourselves. It is a blackout game, so we are selling these t-shirts for $10 in the lobby after chapel and also in the mallway throughout the day. So you can purchase one of those, but it is a blackout game. You can also purchase jewelry, like Brittany said, that was crafted by the girls who have been rescued. And that's an amazing way to be able to support Destiny Rescue to actually have something in your hands that these girls have created. Uh, we also have a Snapchat filter. So those of you who use Snapchat, um, it will be live from, it was live at 10 a.m. this morning, and it's live until 10 p.m. this evening. And so it's only in the rec area, so when you have the chance in the rec, maybe during our game, um, you can use the Snapchat filter. And Makan is also helping us in this. Um, anytime that you purchase the Wildcat drink, 10% of it goes to Destiny Rescue this week. To speak more about Destiny Rescue and their mission is Kirk Felkner. He's the CEO of Destiny Rescue USA, and we've had the pleasure of working with him since 2014, and he has firsthand seen the brokenness and the vulnerability of the girls who have been sold into sex trafficking. Um, and because of his experiences, he has had the passion to be able to set these girls free. Before he comes to share, we want you to hear three stories written by the girls that Destiny Rescue has saved from sex trafficking. However, we want to preface that by reminding you that these are just three kids. There are hundreds of thousands of kids out there just like them waiting to be rescued. So as you're sitting here listening, let their voices not only enter your ears, but also your hearts. Hi, my name is Lee. I'm 15 years old. I came from a small village to the city because my mom says I need to make money. I'm looking for work on the first day. I take a taxi around the city. I meet one lady at the noodle shop. I had my backpack and I ordered some noodles. This lady sits by me and starts asking questions. I explain I'm looking for a job and she asks me what I wanna do. I tell her I wanna work in a restaurant with a friend, but I can't find my friend's phone number. So the lady offers help to find her. The lady at the noodle shop asks me where my friend is. I explain she works at a restaurant. The lady asks me the name of the restaurant, but I don't know. 
Then the lady pretended to call my friend, and she tells me that she's made contact with her, and she's waiting for me at the restaurant. At this point, I trust her, and she takes me to the restaurant. Once I get there, I could see it wasn't a restaurant. It has many, many rooms, and I'm very confused. I don't know what this job is, so I ask the lady, what job is it? She says, don't worry, and tells me my friend's waiting inside. She then tells me to go inside with my friend and relax, because tomorrow I have to start work. I go inside, but I couldn't find my friend. I go back out and ask the lady. She says that my friend must have gone somewhere to eat. The lady says, I'll prepare a special room for you. So she takes me to a room and says, stay here and sleep, because tomorrow you work. Then at six o'clock at nighttime, the lady says, I have to have a shower, put makeup on, and a short skirt. I'm confused, because I just wanted to meet my friend and see how she is. I'm worried why my friend isn't here. I prepare myself, as the lady said, because she told me my friend's coming to pick me up. I ask what work happens at nighttime. She said, don't worry about it. Your friend's coming soon to pick you up. I waited for my friend for a long time, but she doesn't come. I see many men coming in, and they ask me for sex, but I don't understand. A man said, I come here all the time, and if you live here, you have to have sex with men. And he took me. He grabbed my hand, and he forced me into the room. I'm still confused, and I cry. I try to call my friend to come and get me. I was raped. I was a virgin, and now I cry every night, and I'm very sad. Hi, my name is Anne, and Destiny Rescue has taught me how to be a good person, to have manners, to listen and be respectful, to be on time, to love others even when they do us wrong, and I have a better life now. I've also started learning about God. Now that God lives in me, I notice sometimes when I'm about to do something wrong, like take something that belongs to someone else. I feel God tell me not to do it. I've learned that even though we sin and make mistakes, God still loves us. Living here, my life has changed because I don't have to do the bad things I used to have to do. Living here, I don't have to be around bad men anymore. Before, I wasn't sleeping much. I was up all night. I had to drink every night. And now, my life has been changed for the better. I don't have to drink alcohol. I get a good night's sleep. I have time to rest, and my health is a lot better. I have a bright life now. I have good and safe work now where I don't have to be around bad people. Anne has completed the program with Destiny Rescue and now is working in jewelry while studying in formal school. She plans to study nursing assistance when she graduates grade nine. Hi, my name is Jamie, and since coming to know God, I've learned so much and everything is brighter now. It's not lonely and dark like it used to be. I used to do bad things, but now that I know God, I don't wanna do them anymore. I used to get angry and fight with people all the time. But now when I'm about to say something I shouldn't, I feel something warn me not to because it will hurt my friend's feelings or make them angry, so I don't say it. Daniel was working with Jamie for 12 months before he, she came in. She comes from Laos and is working in a bar in Bangkok for a long time. She was going with customers every night and is really used to life in the bar. We didn't think she would stay long when she came, but a couple weeks after being here, she gave her life to God and is doing so well. Good morning. In 2012, my family and I walked by a table, a, a lot like the one in the student center out there, and we didn't even talk to anybody, but I saw these pictures of these little girls who had been rescued from the sex trade, and, and all around them that handmade jewelry that they had created. And I remember driving home that day, my wife was actually driving, and I remember thinking, what an amazing thing 
that, that my family could participate in rescuing one of these kids. And then I'm not so proud of this part of the story. But I went back to my dream job and my comfort zone, and I did nothing to defend these kids. And then I don't know how else to explain it, but God began breaking my heart in a way that I've never experienced before. I went to the Destiny Rescue site and I went to all kinds of sites and it was blog stories and videos and documentaries and movies and stories and my prayer time and songs and God just started breaking my heart. I would be on the side of the road, I'm a 47 year old man at the time and I'd find myself weeping as I allowed myself to learn of the reality for these kids. I had to go see it. God asked me to go see it. I believe that's what he wanted me to do. So I went on my first trip, and I, on this one it was Thailand and Myanmar. And I'll never forget, I was in the, it was actually the second rescue home that I was ever in. 18 beautiful girls there that day, and they, they had these beautiful long G, they call them, these long colorful skirts, and they had beautiful smiles, some of these kids. But some of them were really broken, and it was really obvious. One of the young girls there had these little bruises all over her neck, little tiny, deep, purple, painful-looking bruises, and I had never seen anything like it. I didn't know what. I thought maybe she had a disease or something. We asked the house parents, you know, what, what is going on with her? And they said, well, she's new to the rescue home. like this story (laughs) and there's this pain inside her and the only thing she knows to do is to pinch herself to deal with the ache that's inside her you know as the girls were introducing themselves that day this little girl stood up in the front row and and she she stood up and it was real simple she says I'm I'm a pie I'm 11 year old And this little girl sat down in that chair and it felt like my heart just sank with her. She's about the size of my daughter. My daughter was eight at the time and my daughter sleeps in a safe bed every night and I'm a pie just because she's vulnerable. She's been abused in ways that a kid shouldn't even know exist and I can't live with that, which is how I find myself here today. It's been 15 years Destiny Rescue's been on this mission to end child sex trafficking. In fact, last year we had the blessing of rescuing 485 kids. We had the blessing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Many of you made that possible. You know, we got to do that. We have about 300 uh, volunteers and uh, staff members across the world working in nine countries in the US and Australia and New Zealand we're raising the awareness and the funds and the talent to do the work we're asking the church to rise up in Thailand Cambodia Laos, the Philippines India and the Dominican Republic we're rescuing kids and helping them heal and all and so it's a beautiful thing I want to describe to you what rescue looks like because it's nothing like the movie taken It's nothing like that at all. I was in a brothel uh, with one of our other rescue agents on my most recent trip. We're always in teams of two or more for safety and accountability reasons, by the way. And um, 
I was on a red couch and I pointed at a young girl on the stage and I went like this. And I, and I said, I want you to sit with me. And the reason I selected her is she was easily young enough to be my daughter. And as she came over to sit with me, she was wearing these big high heels and I was kind of making fun of how small she was and how her heels were almost out of proportion. And she ended up taking her heels off to show me how short she was. And she stood about shoulder height. Really small girl. And as we sat there, I had a hunch that she wasn't from Thailand. I said, are you Thai? And she says, no, I'm from Laos. And she told me the city that she was from, and she was a long, long way from home. At one point in the conversation, I asked her, I said, are you, are you happy? Do you like working here? And she looked at me like I was a, a weirdo, <laughs> which was probably fitting. And she says, my no, I'm not happy here. And I asked her, I said, why do you work here? She began to show me pictures of her family, mom, dad, two younger sisters, younger brother, and through her broken uh, English and my uh, broken tie, and of course Google Translate helps a lot, she, she shared with me that the reason she was working so far from home in this really ugly place was that she was trying to help one of her sisters finish school so that she could have a better future. And that, that breaks my heart. You know, when she told me she was from Laos, what was going through my head is one of our rescue agents had recently rescued a girl from Laos, and he said, you know, we, we were celebrating this 15-year-old that we rescued, but, but the part that breaks my heart, he says, and it's the part that breaks my heart, is when they were leaving the brothel that night, there was a gang of five guys who were renting one of these little girls for the evening for the five of them. And a weird thought crossed my mind. Maybe it was better that she was in this ugly place than where she was. Um, when she told me she was protecting her, her sister, I said, Fawn, her name was Fawn. I said, Kun Pise, Fawn. I said, you're very special. And she looked at me like I was a weirdo again. <laughs> at the end of the night, I left her a generous tip. Now, I want to put that in perspective. Generous could be $3 in some of the places we work. It could be 6 maybe 9 15 would be really exceptional. And what I'm trying to say is it's really inexpensive. And the reason we leave that tip is we're sparing her a night of abuse. We're buying the time, right? And I want you to see that your 3 to $15 perhaps could, could literally fund a night of freedom for one of these kids. It's an amazing thing. The other reason we leave that tip is we want her to want to sit with us next time because we're not done. We're going to try and win her trust. And, and most importantly, we want her to go home and wonder what kind of man would leave me money and want nothing from me. Our rescue agents, they go in and they look for these kids like this and they just try and win her trust and her confidence and they just try and treat her like a daughter. It's not more difficult than that. And when they have her confidence, they'll pay Mama-san a bar fine. Mama-san's the pimp who runs the place and a bar fine is a fee that you pay to rent her. And they'll take her off site like many customers have before. But rather than abuse her, they'll say, hey, here's my friends. These are the Destiny Rescue people. They're my friends and they can help you, and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing when they say yes. Do we have slides today?
it would help me with my verses this morning. We're on probably the fourth slide. Or let's, yeah, let's start right here. You know, we, um, when you get them out, it's not enough just to get them out. You gotta help them get their smile back. And so we, we think of it as restoration, going back one slide. And some of these kids, it's safe to go home. And that's a beautiful ending to this story, and they go home. Some girls, we say, hey, would you like to be free? And they say, yes, but I'm already in school. That's my ticket out, and your home is a long way from me. I can't come into your home. And so a caseworker will help them figure out, how, do, can, how can you stay out of that brothel, and how can you finish school? Some of the kids, like some of the ones I described earlier, the trauma is significant, and they have to come into one of our homes for a short season, and our teachers and counselors and caseworkers um, will welcome them in and give them a safe bed and a teddy bear and they'll just love them in these very practical ways. Life skills training, language skills training, Christian studies, uh, fun time is where we gently encourage them just to be kids again, to run, to laugh, to sing, to dance, whatever they like. And I really believe it's this simple. We have an empower program and a shine program and all these programs, but at the end of the day, it's just loving them in these very practical ways. And many of them turn and they call on his great name. And God does what only he can do. He gives them a brand new heart. And I'm telling you, I, <laughs> it's really why I'm here. It shows up on their face. And they smile and they laugh and they sing and they get married. <laughs> it's not enough to get them smiling again. We have to reintegrate them into safe, rewarding work. And so we use our salon training program and our cafes and sewing and weaving and jewelry making and mushroom farms and chickens and you name it. We, find, we try and figure out how to help them get that safe, rewarding job that they need so desperately. On Sunday, my father-in-law died and my family had spent the preceding week, you know, helping him go through that process. And as I was praying about this message today, the thing that kept crossing my mind is what would I say to you today if this were my last day? And for me, it would be more than that. It would be what if Ame Pai was sitting there in that chair this morning? What would I say to you if this were my last day and she was counting on me and you? And, and what, I, what I would say is that this will let you down probably, but you should help her for two reasons. One is she desperately needs you. But I don't know if you've thought about this, but you need her too. I need her. She desperately needs us and we desperately need her and here's why. Our God takes this very seriously, this idea of defending the cause of the poor and the needy. You've probably heard of Sodom. Sodom was an evil place and it grieved God so much that he scorched Sodom. And when Abraham looked back at Sodom the following morning, he said it was like this black smoke rising from the earth. I mean, he scorched Sodom. And I don't know what you envision was the evil going on there in Sodom, but it probably was going on, whatever it is you envision. But look at what God says about Sodom. I don't know if you've seen this verse. I'll never forget the first time I read it. He says, now this was the sin of Sodom. They were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned about the, the poor and the needy. They didn't help them. 
our God takes this very seriously. He loves the poor and the needy, and he loves us, and he wants us to defend them because we're his kids. There's another verse I love, and, and, and I believe with all my heart that God wants every one of us to share whatever we've been given. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says, take hold of the life that's truly life. And here's how you do that. You share whatever I've given you. He says, be generous and willing to share, and you'll take hold of the life that's truly life. This is from our God who can't lie. He takes this very seriously. He wants us to play a role in finding the, the poor and the needy. It doesn't have to be destiny rescue, but we must find a way to share what we've been given. I want to introduce you to a little girl. Um, her name is Olivia. Um, I got a picture of her here. She's a very young girl in one of our rescue homes. I, I can hold her with one arm. When I returned to the United States after this most recent trip, I woke up in my bed and I reached over and grabbed my phone like I always do, and there was a text, and on the text it says, I thought you'd want to know, Kirk. Olivia's mom died last night. She had HIV, you know. On this trip, I was in the ugliest brothel I've ever been in in my life. It was a dungeon. And Olivia's mom literally gave her life serving men in this dungeon. And when we rescued Olivia, they were preparing her to follow in her mom's footsteps. <laughs> you and I get to set her free from that. I, I wish desperately I could introduce you to her. I, I can't even show you her face, but she would light this place up. She has this smile that is radiant and <laughs> she loves to dance. And, and when she dances, she, she's got her arms up in the air, and she's really not a very good dancer. <laughs> but, but she loves to dance, and she loves to sing. We played musical chairs. I've got a video of us playing musical chairs. And if you ask Olivia, I, I'm not going to tell you how old she is, because if you ask Olivia, she's very young, what do you want to do someday? She, without a hesitation, she says, I want to be a doctor. And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, she probably wants to help sick people like, like her mom, you know? <laughs> when I left the rescue home that day, Olivia hugged me. And she says, thank you. Can you hear? She says, thank you. It wasn't for me alone. If this were my last day, I would tell you to share what you've been given to help girls like Olivia. In John 13, Jesus got up from the meal he took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist and after that he poured water in a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now the fact that Jesus got up means that he sat down, right? We, we know that. I wonder if you've ever wondered why he sat down. 
he and the disciples entered this home and the custom of the day was you washed your feet at the door and ideally someone would be there to wash your feet. But no one was there, obviously, and they all walked in with their dirty feet and they all sat down. And I don't believe for a second that Jesus forgot the custom of the day was to wash your feet. But he sat down with the disciples and they were probably making a mess of the place. And he sat down with them. And have you ever thought about why he did that? I believe he sat there and he waited patiently. And this was like the perfect patience. He just sat there and he waited and he waited and he waited because I believe he wanted them to have the opportunity to serve. And as he waited and nobody stood up, he got up and he did it himself. And think about this, it probably took 20 minutes. He went around washing and washing and washing and nobody got up to help. Our God invites us to walk humbly with him and defend the cause of the poor and the needy and he's enriched us in every way so we'll be generous on every occasion. He's a good king and we must find a way to defend the cause of the poor and the needy. If this were my last day, I would say to you, don't sit it out. Stand up. Share what you've been given. And you know, I, I warn people all the time now, if you do that, I, want, I think you should expect resistance and opposition because you won't be popular, but stand up anyway. You know, one of the things this morning I was thinking, one of the things, and this will happen, it might happen, it might already be happening, you're going to hear a voice and it's going to say, oh, well, you can only share $5 anyway. It won't even make a difference. It's a lie. Jesus settled that with the poor old woman that gave the two coins. He says she was the most generous of them all. It's not the amount, guys. It's his invitation. He invites us to play a role and share whatever we've been given. I want to share some ways that you can play a role with us. Uh, the first is some of you might be drawn to aftercare and helping these kids heal. And, and so we have a sponsor, a home program, and it's $35 a month, and you connect to a small group of girls in a particular home. And it's this beautiful way to walk with them through that healing and restoration and reintegration work. And you could sign up for that today or online anytime, and it is a beautiful way to connect to our work. Some of you might be called to just sign up, and I would say do that today too. You could sign up for a newsletter, and, and that's easy. Some of you might want to take a trip, like I did, and I, and I warn people all the time, come meet, <laughs> come meet Olivia. <laughs> It'll mess you up. <laughs> It'll change your life. For some of you, that might be your call. For some of you, um, you know, it's your voice. You're afraid to use it. I know that. I'm one of those people. I'm afraid. <laughs> but some of you are called to speak up and share it. And if you could go back to your church and say, hey, have you heard about this opportunity? Maybe invite us to come if you feel like you need to. But better yet, do it yourself. But speak up. God's called us to speak up. And I, I have lots of stories where one voice went back to a church and lots of kids got saved and rescued forever <laughs> because people used their voice. Don't underestimate that. 
And, and finally, the last one, it's really why we're gathered here today. You guys have done a great job again, as usual, kind of getting us together on this. But you can rescue a child for $1,500. A, a few of us maybe can do that on our own, but most people can't. And so I, I love to suggest to you that every single one of you can say, we rescued a child or we set her free. Whatever you give, it all counts. And together we can make this happen and we got to do it 485 times last year. And so would you join us at the game if you can? Would you buy a shirt? Would you make a donation? Would you do whatever God's asked you to do with whatever he's given you? I want to play just a 20-second video. It's just the girls saying thank you.